0: I apologize for the tedium. It's part of the routine. All right, thanks. And Welcome to episode 71 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And uh, I've already made James uh, laugh uh, himself into a state of uselessness. So I I don't know what I did, but uh, I guess James is ready to do a podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. You got some sweet moves there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my wife, my daughter, and anyone with a modicum of taste would disagree with you there. How you doing? I'm all right. What James is referring to is, is me uh, kind of um, dancing and boogieing along to the opening theme, which I often do, because uh, I enjoy it. I think it sets the tone for the podcast, which is why we use it as our our theme song. And, and, you know, I enjoy it. It gets me in the mood to do a podcast. So I just, you know, I get into it. Uh, I try and stay loose, loosey-goosey, baby. And um, so, you know, here we are. Uh, and obviously, I'm in a reasonably good mood. Uh, I hope you, the listener, are in a good mood. And James, how are you feeling? I got to follow suit, man. I'm in a good mood, too. So. Excellent. Uh, good <laughs> moods all around. Here, here.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So what's going on? Uh, Not much. Just uh, looking forward to a good podcast and uh, great going to the Met game during the week. So with my buddy, the American Rhino.
0: Yes. Thank you to James for inviting me to the final Mets home game of the year. They won. uh, So that's one, Um, (laughs) which is good, (laughs) Uh, you know. But it was uh, their
1: 69th victory, too, by the way. So was the it? whole 69 <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: a couple of episodes late. But, you know, it's yeah. still, I, I appreciate the Mets symbolism. Yeah, good. It, it, I had gone to th- I personally had gone to three games this year and that's the first win that I saw. So I was happy for that. And uh, it was a great way to end the season. So, you know, thank you, James.
1: My pleasure. I got the tickets for my brother and sister-in-law and, and um, godchildren for Christmas. And uh, just all worked out. So I had my two partners in crime there, my brother and, and the American Rhino, the two men that I always go to war with when it comes to baseball and hockey. So I felt really good, and, and it really paid off because I think we should go to more games more often because uh, our record's pretty good.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. So considering the Mets are the team we root for, that's actually very surprising. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a valid point. I was just right. telling James last night during the game, I, I don't know if I'm ready for hockey. It's just like it, the off season has done something strange to me where I guess I, I'm not used to it. And so the the idea, the thought that hockey is back, even though I've been playing it on a somewhat regular basis, the idea of sitting down and watching it is just kind of strange to me. So uh, it's it's good. I'm not complaining. It's just it's something I'm going to have to get used to. I I wonder if you have experienced the same thing. If you have or if you haven't or you think I'm a loon, you're probably not wrong. But please tell us about it. You know, email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or tweet at us at hitthedeckpod or Facebook at hitthedeck or whatever. You know, I'm I'm genuinely curious how you are feeling about the coming hockey season. James, how are you feeling about it?
1: I'm really excited about it, especially since the NFL is dead in my eyes. So uh, baseball, as we know, the Mets aren't going anywhere towards the postseason. So I need my hockey. I need the NHL. I need it bad. So (laughs) just want to specify that we're just talking about NHL specific because the American Rhino is 100 percent in it when it comes to this podcast and when it comes to playing deck hockey. So just it's true, though, I think the weather has a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. because it's been so muggy and, and humid lately in the tri-state area when it should start be cooling off a little bit and getting into that hockey weather yeah so i think that might have something to do with it as well
0: all right cool well good so uh, if you're in the mood for some hockey are you in the mood for some hockey podcasting always always my friend you i gotta follow your lead on that i th- i think i came off a little jewish there some hockey podcasting i don't know like I don't. My inflection just goes all over the place sometimes, but it is Yom Kippur, so uh, you know, Mazel top Let's let's just let's let's keep rolling. Let's get into it, uh, shall we? I think yes. that's for the best. Yeah, good. I, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The eyes have it. Okay. So let's get right into our starting lineup then. And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number thirty-five. Your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, right here. Bringing up the front, I just I, I I don't know. I lost that one. It went spiraling off into the ether. So I apologize. But uh, here here with me on the podcast <laughs> on de- on defense. I'm um, oh yeah number four. I'm James Hedges. Yes, yes, indeed you are. And uh, <laughs> we've gotten off to a smashing start. So James, I apologize for my uh, level of professionalism thus far. Uh, hopefully we can improve that a bit but speaking of professionalism would you be so kind sir and so professional as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast would be happy to i thank you falklands a a
1: pair of canadian hockey coaches have gone all the way down to the falkland islands to teach deck hockey talk about going the extra mile definitely our kind of guys special deck The 6th Annual Motion Ball Marathon of Sport was held in British Columbia, Canada on September 23rd, 2017. One of the sports featured during the fine cause was deck hockey. And... Gee, Brain,
0: what you won't talk about tonight. The same thing we talk about most every podcast, Pinky. Try to help players prevent concussions. And that's what's on deck, yes. Nerf! Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you, James. (laughs) Thank you. So
1: exciting to have special guests pop in. That that was a treat and a half.
0: Yes, yes. um, Those mice have a very special place in my childhood and my upbringing. So it was nice to have them pop in just for a minute.
1: Well done. Perfect.
0: Uh, Okay. So, uh, Falklands, a. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So... The Falkland Islands, and we're very careful to pronounce that properly, and yes. uh, forgive my nasal voice and the Brooklyn accent, so I uh, hopefully that came across properly. If not, take your complaints over to Dave Ajayzi, care at Hit the Deck, D-E-C-K. Anyway, so yeah, down in the Falkland Islands, which is off of the east coast of Argentina in the Atlantic Ocean, so from where we are, that's pretty far down south, mm-hmm. and pretty darn south from Canada too, but... The cool thing is that a couple of coaches, one's named Gary and the other one is named Dave. They are on a mission to spread the wonderful world of deck hockey and they are sponsored by the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation to teach both children and adults deck hockey. And it's specifically deck hockey. And their mission brought them all the way down to the islands.
0: You know, I, I have to wonder, maybe it's just something in the name. Obviously, I am Gary, the goalie, and you just mentioned this coach named Gary who is a goalie. I have a coworker who is married to a goalie named Gary. And, of course, uh, one of my all-time favorite Mets who played catcher, which is a very similar position to goalie, was Gary Carter. So, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just something in the name. I'll have to ask my dad if he's ever had any inclination to squat down and let people throw things at him.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, I've never met a Gary that wasn't so cool. So it, it, it must be awesome stuff. But I, that that is a small – well, I don't know if it's a small world or not. But if, if you're blessed with the name Gary, that means you're probably a
0: good guy. So I'm a at junior. That's in, why in, I was asking my dad. I, I, right. I, I don't think I made that clear. So I you know I don't know if the joke landed. That's, that's what, but that, that was what I was getting at. I, my, my father is also named Gary. So he potentially would have the exception. move on, move
1: on. I guarantee you the hit the deck fans are smart enough to catch on. So don't don't worry. We
0: have some savvy fans. You, 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 you,
1: you. But speaking of names and the beauty of hockey. Yes. Apparently, the capital of the Falkland Islands is Stanley. So how can you not
0: teach hockey down there? If they had some kind of championship tournament, I wonder what their prize would be. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, in the LIQ, we have the McComiskey Cup, but I'm not giving that up. No, you
0: have the McComiskey Cup. The (laughs) LIQ has nothing. Okay, good. (laughs) The LIQ has McComiskey. That's about it. Well, that's Uh, better than any cup, I'll tell you that. Well, listen... I wear the McComiskey Cup every okay, week, okay. and it is one of the most valuable things that, uh, that we have. Trust me. So, yeah. So these two wonderful Canadian coaches that have
1: plenty of experience. Yes. Uh, Coach Gary, forgive me. I don't want to mispronounce these gentlemen's names. So I think it's Gary Slavin or Slavin and Dave. Slavin? Rulloy.
0: Oh, is that too it's, soon? Jerry Lewis just died. That's okay.
1: I, I think that would be a nice way to remember him.
0: Gary Slavin. I
1: don't know if uh, if Gary will appreciate it, but the if he's Slavin listening. The Slavin
0: and the Dave will oi, oi, oi.
1: He's a gentleman I don't think we should tick off because he has about 24 years of goaltending experience in his back pocket, so he probably knows all
0: the tricks. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe he can teach me some. Well, that's the beauty
1: because these two gentlemen are on a mission to teach as many people... In the world, literally, the great sport of deck hockey. So the, the mission that they're currently on, it's about last two weeks. And again, it's sponsored by the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation. And they are to teach both youths and adults the wonderful sport of ball hockey or deck hockey. And uh, again, Coach Gary has 24 years of experience. And he even got into coaching his son's junior hockey ball uh, division because his son's about five years old or so. And, and then he got into that as well. Cool. And yeah, and it just all kind of goes full circle. And he his resume is even more impressive that he's the assistant coach for the Canadian Ball Hockey Association hmm. and also the assistant coach for the uh, Ball Hockey Association. And yeah, he's he's involved. Oh, he's a, the national director of his province in British Columbia. So uh, for coaching minor ball hockey and such. so The guy has a pretty impressive resume and true dedication to not only deck hockey, but hockey as a whole. And his partner in crime, Coach Dave, he has coached the Canadian Nationals for five years Mm -hmm. and is the junior team uh, Canada coach for four. And also he has coached at the ice hockey level for Canada as well. So these two gentlemen really know what they're doing. They're on a great mission. And it sounds really exciting.
0: I have to wonder, and I don't expect that this will be something that you can answer, James, but I have to wonder what rule book they're teaching them from. I mean, I guess it would be like international rules since they are from the International Ball Hockey Federation. But that that sounds like uh, the the International Ball Hockey Federation, brother, and we're coming to teach you how to play deck. What you're going (laughs) to do? When deck hockey runs wild on you, brother. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. All right, I'm finished.
1: They're going to waste a lot of money on jerseys if they're going to keep ripping them off like that. They're, they're <laughs> yes. ripping them off
0: their bodies. Yes, that's true. I am a real Canadian going down to teach the Falklands. I am a real Canadian. Fight for what's right. Fight for your deck, eh?
1: <laughs> and there's another gentleman that organized, the, I think, and the whole thing the whole, has organized the trip. And when I learn how to speak, that would help. But uh, his name is Marcus Morrison. And to answer your question, I don't know specifically the rules that they're going by, but exactly it must be certified by the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation. And once the, Gary and Dave teach the adults and the children for the two week period, and they're going to go the ins and outs of of deck hockey. Then I believe Mr. Morrison is going to take over Hmm. and he has at his disposal, besides teaching uh, magazines and, and references to really go in depth with the sport of ball hockey.
0: Okay, well, great. I mean, that's that's a definitely a worthwhile crusade to go down there and spread the gospel of deck hockey. So, um, yeah, I mean, I imagine the Falklands is a, a pretty warm weather climate, so it seems ideally suited for this kind of hockey. You know, better this than ice, I would think, because it's, it's probably a lot easier to maintain with, uh, you know, what I expect... The climate of an island near argentina to be so you know it's a pretty good i i think it is uh it, it's a pretty good uh i'm just rambling here I'm, i just keep saying pretty good i don't know why it is pretty good it's uh it is it is a wise decision they have chosen wisely in their agree- choice of of, of education.
1: I appreciate you uh, covering for me, American Rhino, because my computer just crashed, so I needed it to get back up, so thank you very much. No, that's fine. But yeah, so they got all that going for them between those three gentlemen, and also their expectations, I, that's probably, you're absolutely right, that the climate would be more inclined for deck as opposed to ice, and I was surprised, too, that they stuck with deck uh, in, instead of roller hockey, too, so that, that's that's good to see, that deck hockey... I think that's the point is that maybe people, as we said on this podcast in the past, may be intimidated by hockey because they don't know how to skate, may be afraid to, or if they've tried it, they just can't get the hang of it. You take all of that out of the equation by playing deck hockey. So you get the benefits of the wonderful sport. You learn the rules, you learn camaraderie, sportsmanship, teammates, the whole nine yards, especially playing goalie is a lot of fun, too and uh, you don't have to worry about skating. So you get the exercise in, and, and you get the skills down too. So eventually, if you want to learn how to skate, you can.
0: Yeah, you also have to figure, in terms of initial investment, deck hockey is a lot cheaper than roller hockey because you need a lot less equipment. And, you know, that it, like you said, it's less intimidating. And also, you have to consider the surfaces they're playing on. If this is not a popular sport down there, then they probably don't have a lot of nice, dedicated, smooth rinks to play on. And roller hockey, you need a pretty smooth surface, or you're looking at injuries left, right, and center. Gotcha. So, you know, that deck hockey, as we both know, or or its uh, less professional cousin street hockey, is a lot more forgiving in terms of what surfaces you can play it on. Basically, if it's relatively smooth, you can play it without much of an issue. So, it just it seems like the obvious choice and I'm glad that these guys opted to make it.
1: Amen to that. And also like they said their goal is to just show the children the basics and hopefully they want them to enjoy it and come back and build on it. They're not forcing them into doing anything they don't want to or they're not comfortable to do and their hopes after that are to have a team ready from the Falklands in the next International Street and Ball Hockey Federation World Championship, which is in
0: 2018. I hope they do compete, you know? Yeah. I I mean, I don't expect them to win. If they do, it would be a great Disney movie. Like, uh, I don't know yes. what the Argentinian equivalent of Cool Runnings is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I I, I dig that. I, I would enjoy that, you know, that movie. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's great that they're bringing this team or they're hoping to bring this team to the championships and you know it's not 2018 is not a long way away so you know they they have their work cut out for them but just based on our own experience they won't be world beaters in a year but if they have some talented people and some naturals who can pick it up pretty quickly The learning curve on ball hockey is not that steep, so they may surprise some people. Absolutely. And for the seniors, they have until
1: 2019 to get their act together and hopefully get a competing team. And the ball hockey club has, in the Falklands, they have four adult teams, full teams, and over 80 youth players. So that's a really good start, and hopefully it'll catch on and their accomplishments will be met.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good luck to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's see. Moving on, dum 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 dum. Speaking of deck hockey, I can't imagine why we'd be on that topic. But uh, <laughs> so, what do we have next? So, speaking of tournaments, which I guess, uh, or competitions, which you know is what the, uh, the they were gearing these Argentinians for. Uh, in that same vein, recently in British Columbia, I don't, is it? Is it I guess it's British Columbia because the English owned it like they owned everything for a long time but I don't know if it's properly like to me British Columbia sounds like a place where they speak Spanish with an English accent. <laughs> um I so I don't anyway. Um I'm sure that's not it. I've never been. It's Canadian. So whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't Why don't you ever stop me? I really. I need I need to be governed. <laughs> this this should not be. They recently had in British Columbia the sixth annual motion ball marathon of sport, which uh, is a it's a I guess a competition or a tournament that includes several different sports, one of which was deck hockey.
1: Yes, sir. They had about 400 volunteers and players that formed 28 teams and included 44 Special Olympic athletes.
0: Yeah, so this and- is a fundraiser for the Special Olympics, and, you know, good. Really, I, I apparently good is my word of the podcast, because I'm using it a lot for no reason. But, well, I mean, there is a reason, because the things we we're discussing are good. They are beneficial, and they are important, and they are excellent, and I <laughs> approve of them. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> They are definitely the opposite of bad. But, uh, yeah, so that... Are you running for office or something? Dude, I was so exhausted (laughs) today because I didn't get a lot of good sleep last night and it was just, it was hectic at work at points. So I just chugged a glass of Mountain Dew before we started this podcast. I think it's just like, I'm going to crash in a while, but for now, we're just riding the crazy train to Decktown. So, uh... (laughs) Hang on, everybody. There's a rhino loose in Queens. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay. Don't be. That's what makes this podcast great or good. It makes it good. (laughs) Yes, this podcast, (laughs) I can say unequivocally, is good.
1: (laughs) But anyway, yeah, the the cool thing about this tournament is that I think it's pronounced Kalauna City Park. Uh, Again, I'm not very good at pronouncing things. Better you than
0: me, my friend.
1: I'll gladly take the shot. So um, it's between Calgary and Vancouver, and those are two huge hotbeds of hockey. So to hold this great tournament in between those two fine cities is a great strategy, and I I don't know if that's part of it or not, but again, 400 volunteers, and exactly like Gary said, it's for Special Olympic athletes and a fundraiser for the Special Olympics, and we'll get into what it did for that great cause. And, And again, like you were saying, that they rotated through 10 sports. And it's one day that they do all this too. These people are in phenomenal shape. Happened to be on my sister-in-law's birthday this year, which is, I always appreciate. Hmm. So they went through 10 sports and there was soccer, ball hockey, of course, which is what got our attention. And even, and I'd love to see how this went, a human foosball.
0: You know, my cousin... One of my cousins, I think it was my cousin Eileen, when they got married, we weren't there. And by we, I mean my immediate family weren't there for that. But at their engagement party, I think they had a human foosball set up. And uh, we saw pictures and it looked like a, a ton of fun.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious if you have to actually,
0: I don't know if you hold arms or lock arms or something. Or No, well, I mean... I think actually it's like a, a rig that they set up. So it's like, um, a post that goes across and you're strapped into it. And I think you can like swing around it. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's, uh, right. yeah, it's, it, it's kind of, kind of crazy. <laughs> Sounds fun and, and dangerous. They but. have, they have people like in a harness and you can, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. My, my cousin's, uh, at least that side of the family, they, they tend to do kind of wild, crazy stuff like that. My cousin Chris and some uh, in-laws, they like to go snowboarding and stuff, and they, they're into that, all that, you know, fun, kind of crazy stuff. So uh, this does not surprise me in the slightest that they, they decided to do something like this. I think when one of the other ones got married, they brought in like a giant inflatable bounce house like an adult size bounce house that they could all mess around in. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's cool.
1: Excellent. And the aim of this motion ball is to educate young professionals about intellectual disabilities among other disabilities. And a startling fact is that 2% of the Canadian population apparently has a disability of some kind. Uh, it's really hitting home.
0: Yeah. I'm, i I'm, I imagine the American numbers are not dissimilar from that. It's you know that you you wind up seeing people like that in society all the time, and it's it's a shame that they have to go through life at a disadvantage. And it's not a knock on them personally, but I'm sure it's uh, a huge challenge to be able to live a. Um, I don't want to use the word normal because that seems like kind of insulting but I you know it's a shame that it's more of a challenge for them to do things a lot of things than it is for the majority of the population and and the things that so many of us take for granted I feel you know bad that these people have to face and overcome those challenges that so many people don't so um the The fact that it is you know we do have things like the Special Olympics and things like this to raise awareness and and raise funds so that you know just things can can be a little easier and a little more fun for for some of these people. It's really an incredibly worthwhile cause, and I support it wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah, well said. And that's one of the points, too, is to integrate those with disabilities, no matter what it is, into everyday lives and to participate in sports. Because, yeah, sports are a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we have a lot of lazy people in the world and maybe they don't get sports and that's fine to each his own to a certain extent. But exactly. It's kind of frustrating when you see somebody who has the ability to to do whatever, walk and talk and get off the couch just sit on the couch and not do anything. And then you get somebody who's in a wheelchair, for example, or whatever the case is, might be blind or deaf or something. And that person has a harder life because of it. But again, that's the whole thing. We have friends with disabilities and I have a couple of family members as well. And you treat them like you do anybody else. And they don't want to be treated differently. They want to blend in and go along with their lives. They don't see it as a disability so that's just the way that they have it and god bless them it's a wonderful attitude to have and i think this is fantastic to get them to get everybody involved to play no matter what it is and the, you know those 10 sports and the the foosball and deck hockey and whatever that that's fantastic and and then all of a sudden you're you're a person they're, they're not looking at your disability or treating you differently or even trying to be polite and helping you you're just you're a normal guy or a girl. And you're playing, you're having fun, you're competing. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely.
0: That is what it's all about. And, you know, good on them. And it seems like this, (laughs) I keep using that word, but this was a really successful venture. They set a new record raising $101,000 for the Special Olympics with this uh, motion ball marathon of sport competition. And, you know, really, uh, it's a win. I don't know who won, quote unquote, but it's a win for everybody. And, you know, I I applaud all of the participants in, in this and the people who put it together. And, you know, great job all around. You should be very proud of yourselves.
1: Exactly. And to
0: just reiterate what Gary
1: was saying right there is they interviewed a few people for the article that we were referencing here. And there's a Special Olympics athlete that says makes sports all the difference in the world for him because he's usually a shy person. And his grandmother was watching him play ball hockey, as a matter of fact. And she said he turned into a different person. So it was just all his inhibitions were gone and he was having fun and enjoying himself. And there is another Special Olympics athlete who participates in cross-country skiing and plays soccer, basketball and golf. So God bless this young man. And he says that he feels very good about himself when he's out there playing. And and that's the whole point. And God bless all these people involved and, and it's fantastic.
0: You know, James, I've played with a few people who turn into another person when they're out on the deck hockey court. But this sounds like a much happier story than that. Much exactly. more constructive.
1: Yes. And I think that's another benefit of sport too. If you're a fan watching the highest level of sports like in the NHL or MLB,
0: the LIQ. You know. Yeah, like you,
1: <laughs> It's or if you're playing, and no matter what level it is, hopefully you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun and that's what sports are supposed to be about. It, yeah, it's competition and people take it too seriously here or there and losing stinks, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but the camaraderie you have with teammates and picking each other up and, and, and succeeding and working hard and having it pay off, it's life lessons. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the great thing about sports. When you're in it for the right reasons, it can be a wonderful, incredible experience. And the fact that an opportunity like this exists for people who, as I said before, have more challenges than the average person to overcome. You know, it's really inspiring and it's a it's a wonderful thing. So I'm glad we were able to give it a little bit of extra press on this. Not that I think, you know, we're doing any great shakes by talking about it. But, you know, I I, I think anybody who is able to spread the word about this and anybody who's able to support it in any way is doing, you know, (laughs) doing a a good thing.
1: Amen to that, sir. And speaking of good things, it, it seems like we're in Canada tonight. I don't know. It just so happened, this podcast. All these Canadian-based things, well, I mean, hockey is their sport. But uh, anyhow, Bauer is back at it again, the great company. So thank you to Pinky and the Brain for pitching in for that with the on-deck. Zord. (laughs) Bauer has made a collar-like device called the NeuroShield that can protect against, and this is a quote, microscopic brain damage and may even prevent concussions altogether although that currently is unproven at the moment. So they just wanted to make sure that you're not wearing this device and you think you could go run into a brick wall and you're not going to get a concussion. They just want to make sure nobody's doing that. But the science behind this is fascinating. And we'll have links on our Facebook page and Twitter so you can see for yourself what this NeuroShield is. And it's amazing what it does uh, just for a little device.
0: Yeah, so James, why don't you talk us through that uh, device. And then I have some thoughts, which I would like to, uh, I'd like to bring up, but please, if you will would. do, sir. So yeah, so
1: how it works is it's a uh, worn on the neck and applies a slight pressure. This is all based off of the uh, Bauer website, by the way, it increases blood volume in the veins around the brain, helping to reduce movement of the brain inside the skull. So the point of that is when you get concussed, the reason is that your brain is literally banging against your skull back and forth numerous times. And that's where the the brain can get bruised, as a matter of fact. And that's just really dangerous. And for uh, that's why your skull is the hardest part of your body, to protect your brain.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what concussions are. Basically, they're brain bruises. Exactly. When your brain hits the inside of your skull, which, uh, yeah. So if you are unaware of what happens when you get a concussion, the mechanics of it, is your brain is in your skull floating around in kind of like this a pocket of fluid, of brain fluid. And so when you get hit with a uh, whatever, if you if you suffer a hard hit, the force of the impact, it's not the point of impact that bruises the brain. It's actually the opposite side. So what happens is the... It, well actually no i guess it uh, i guess it would be the point of impact but from the reverse so basically what happens is you get hit and your brain like gets uh, shoved to to one side of your head quickly by the force of the impact and all the brain fluid like goes that way at the same time but your brain kind of rebounds off of that fluid and hits back, and it's it's the recoil of the brain, the whiplash, you might say, of the brain that hits and now suddenly unprotected by fluid, uh, uninsulated part of your skull, and it contacts your skull, and, and it gets bruised, and that's what a concussion is.
1: Exactly, and for Star Trek fans out there, which the, the benefit of Star Trek is they take really incredible theories and then make it a little bit more understandable for us non-scientific brains that Mm. aren't smart enough to grasp it. So just think of it. I know that I've heard that brain has been described as the consistency of rice pudding, but think about having like a big jello mold in a bowl. And if you rock it back and forth, the jello goes back and forth and it hits the inside of the bowl. And that's exactly what Gary is describing what happens with your brain. So the idea behind this neuro shield is that the small increase in blood pressure helps prevent any of the gaps for your brain to have. And they describe it as the brain's microstructure, and it allows the delicate nerve fibers to increase. And studies have proven that school-aged athletes who wore the NeuroShield during playing had no significant structural brain changes compared to the players that did not have the shield, the NeuroShield. So that's a pretty good study. And especially when Gary and I were talking about a couple of podcasts ago, something about childhood uh, concussions were up like 500 percent a few years ago. And this is great on Bauer, great on Canada for doing this research and preventing any major damage from happening. Hopefully they can solve the whole concussion problem if it is possible. Because the helmets are really as good as they can be with the technology being what it is. So I don't know if they're going to come up with more. And that's the beauty of science is you keep expanding and, and working on what the foundations have been laid before you. Mm-hmm. And you go from there. They seem to be on the right track for this.
0: Yeah, so far. and the reason why concussions are so damaging is because unlike most of your body if your brain gets bruised that spot is bruised for the rest of your life your brain will not heal so if whatever part of or whatever functions that part of your brain were handling those now have to be like rerouted to other parts of the brain and new pathways have to be built and your brain has to kind of you know rebuild itself around that bad spot which is why it takes some people so long to recover from a concussion, if at all. Because, you know, they're they're basically, they now have a small handicap in terms of, you know, their brain is slightly less efficient than it was, and the, you know, the some of the uh, resources that it had to, to process are no longer there. So it has to kind of redistribute and, like I said, reroute all that stuff from that spot of the brain. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's 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 scary when you really know what's going on and there's a reason why we are now as a, a society working so much harder to try and prevent and you know, diagnose and minimize this stuff as much as we are. But that being said, I I now I now comes to my thoughts on this device. And before I proceed. I want to make a couple of caveats. The first being that I have no doubt that this is important. Uh, this is altruistic. This is really coming from a good place, and what they're trying to do. And it's 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 well, like I said, important research that they're doing. And hopefully, this device can. Help people. The second caveat is that I am by no means a doctor or anyone who has any kind of medical training, so my opinions are really just that. They are mostly uninformed and speculative. Both of those things being said, my first thought when I read this article about how this device works, which is to basically increase the blood pressure and volume in your brain so the blood itself functions as kind of an added cushion— to prevent concussions my first thought was would that not also increase the risk of stroke and or aneurysm because you know that's what those things are is when blood vessels in your brain burst because they're under too much pressure so i you know obviously i assume they have worked this stuff out i don't think they'd be testing it on kids if they hadn't accounted for that but i am curious as to if Hopefully it does not. Why it does not? I I, I am very curious about the science behind that.
1: Fantastic point. As a matter of fact, Mr. American Rhino, this device is only available in Canada Mm -hmm. and it retails for $200. Again, Canadian dollars, if there's a difference or not. There is. uh,
0: It's not nearly as large as it used to be, but there is a, a small difference in the exchange rate. Okay.
1: Thank you, sir. And the FDA does not approve of the uh neuroshield. So I don't know if that's just stateside or worldwide however that works. So excellent points there Mr. American Rhino. And uh and again, we're not trying to scare anybody out there. No, absolutely of, not. Yeah, and in, in, in terms of concussions too, you really have to get hit really really hard to get a concussion. So if you're just fooling around with your friends or something like that and you know as long as you're not boxing each other or doing mixed martial arts and getting your head pounded in or playing ice hockey without a helmet, you'll be okay. And, and don't get hit in the head with any baseballs either. So just uh, put it in perspective there, and don't worry. Yeah, so but by the, same,
0: by the same token, if you are in violent contact sports like uh, football or hockey, they have done studies, and from, the, from your body's perspective, when you get hit with a hard tackle or you get crunched with a hard hockey hit, that is... From your body's standpoint, that is equivalent to being in a small car accident. Yeah. So you know, but you know, we're not saying that it's it's uh, you're taking your life in your hands each and every moment you're out there. But by the same token, be aware that if you are playing a hard contact sport, that it even if you don't get hit like a massive, you know, bone crushing crazy hit you're still potentially exposing yourself to to probably more damage than you realize. So just just be aware of that. You know, don't don't go, you know, don't go out there like a timid flower wrapped up in bubble wrap, but by the same token, be aware of the risks. That's all.
1: Listen to your uncle American Rhino, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and that's another reason why we endorse deck hockey because really if like Gary says, don't be that guy, you're you're pretty much safe playing deck and I think that's the point of this podcast as well. And and what those two gentlemen coaches from Canada went all the way down to the Falkland islands to teach. And also from previous podcasts, how the NHL teams and NHL players are sponsoring and creating deck hockey rinks. So just use your head in a good way. Use your brain, I should say. And uh, exactly. Listen to what the American Rhino tells you.
0: Yeah. And before just before we wrap up because it's a, it's a little bit so i don't want to hit you all with it just really quick in the last segment or the last uh the closing bit if you have been subscribed to our youtube channel uh first off this week you will have noticed well this week assuming you're listening to it uh, within a week of the podcast dropping but you will have noticed that a whole bunch of youtube videos went up in one day thursday and that is just our YouTube basically it's it's uh, making current our uh, YouTube videos to make sure every podcast is up there because I had dropped the ball, the the puck, I guess, a little bit. and you know it's it's my own indecision, and that's what happens with me. Basically, what happened if you want to know, is we did our live episode our on Facebook, our Facebook live episode in episode sixty six and that was on Facebook. So I really was on the fence on whether or not we should put it on YouTube as well, because it was, you know, Facebook specific. So I uh, I was waffling on that. And then I said, well, I can't put up the rest of the podcasts on YouTube because, you know, I don't want there to be a gap. I want everything to be sequential. And if I do decide to go put up the live one, I don't want it to be, you know, in the stream. I don't want it to be. 64, 65, 67, 68, 66, whatever. So, uh, which honestly, it makes no difference, but that's just my own stupid little, whatever, quirky brain. But yeah, we could have had a lost episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Ultimately, I did decide to download it and put it up on YouTube, just with the caveat that this originally appeared on Facebook. So, all Thank of you, American all of our, Rhino, yeah, all of our Hit the Deck episodes are once again available on our YouTube channel, which is Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. And not only our podcasts, however, because if you have been paying attention to the YouTube feed, then you will know that a couple weeks ago, or well, last week on the podcast, we talked about how. We had updated the YouTube channel to include a play-by-play from the Rose Charities Tournament. And then last weekend, I, updated, uh, I uploaded a feature on how to prepare your shoes if you are a deck hockey goalie. Because there are goalie skates, which offer specific protections and uh, specific configurations. For when you are on the ice or when you're playing roller, but to my knowledge, there are no specialized deck hockey goalie shoes. So I wanted to, uh, I, I crafted my own as I am wont to do. I made some alterations to my own sneakers and I put together a video feature at showing you how you can do the same if you are a deck goalie that is inclined to have a little more protection and a couple of. Uh, pad-friendly features for your shoes. So you can you can find that up on our YouTube channel, uh, which is, again, Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. And in that same vein, I can tell you, I can tell you, I don't mind telling you, that this weekend we have another play-by-play feature coming up. So if you are listening to this on Saturday or later, I'm going to say Saturday, it's probably going to be Saturday, you can look forward to yet another play-by-play feature featuring James and the American Rhino from the Rose Charities Tournament. And I kid you not when I say we still have yet another video feature in the can for further down the road. And if you want to know what that is, then you better subscribe to the YouTube channel so when that drops, you can enjoy that feature. We are just you know, our, our our tube runneth over with uh with videos of plenty. So, you know, this is this is a truly a golden era of the Hit the Deck YouTube channel. So you're gonna wanna get in on that. So again, if you have not already done so, please subscribe because not only does that help us, it will also help you be among the very first to know when we have a new feature up. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. So this draws yet another Hit the Deck podcast to a close. We would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. We would like to thank Anthony Sejazi, who I just had the pleasure of seeing last night, for music used in the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you, as always, to you, for listening to the podcast, because if you didn't, there would be no podcast and there would be no reason for James and I to sit here and talk to each other. You know, uh, I'm sure we could come up with something if we racked our brains. But really, this is, you know, Occam's razor. This is the, the simplest and most direct reason for us to talk to each other. So that's what we do. And we record it and you get the benefit or not, your mileage may vary, of listening to our conversation. So thank you very much for listening. And if you would like to continue to listen and you have not already done so, why don't you subscribe? It makes the whole thing so much simpler. Just subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts now or Stitcher or my favorite, Spotify. And of (laughs) course, uh, as I was just hammering home a few minutes ago, the YouTube channel just subscribe anywhere you see. Hit the deck, subscribe. If we don't have a newsletter, but if you want one, subscribe. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I won't make any promises, but you know, I, the, the, if we see there's interest there, I'm kidding. We're not going to produce a newsletter, but really, please, what <laughs> subscribe? That's that's the word. Good. <laughs> So yes, do that, please. Please do that, <laughs> and don't forget the Podbean
1: app too. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, James and I just downloaded the Podbean app, which again you you can you can get access to all your favorite Podbean podcasts right there in one app, and you don't have to go digging through iTunes and and deal with uh you know or or whatever other app you, you're using. Although if you are using another app, that's cool. You do you, just but but whatever. The point is, there are many, many very easy ways to get Hit the Deck, and we hope that you will avail yourself of at least one of them on a regular basis. Oh, and one last thing. I haven't mentioned this in a while, but it behooves me to do so. If you would not mind, if you are an iTunes user or an Apple podcast user and you, you enjoy the podcast, or honestly, even if you don't so much, I want... I would ask you to please go and uh, give us a rating. You know, find Hit the Deck in iTunes and rate us. I'm not going to be one of those podcasts that's going to say, give us a five-star rating because we deserve it. We'd love a five-star rating. If you feel like we have earned a five-star rating, please give it to us. But honestly, we want you to be honest, and we want our rating to reflect our podcast accurately and honestly because – that's the kind of podcast we run around these parts. So please go and, you know, it's like it's like they say, whoever you decide to vote for, vote. So whatever rating you decide to give us, please decide to give us some rating if you are so inclined. James, is there anything you'd care to add? Thank you so much for your dedication and for all of your hard
1: work and maintaining everything with The podcast itself and with the YouTube stuff and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the whole deal. So, thank you, sir. Sincere thank you and much appreciated. And you're the best. Thank you.
0: Uh, Right back at you, brother. So, thank you, James. Thank you again, listener, dear listener, for listening. And of course, whether you are listening in Canada, or whether you uh, are a Canadian in the Falkland Islands, or, uh, you know, whether you are listening because you have some kind of brain injury. Regardless, I would urge you to remember, please, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. You're looking at injuries left and right. Left, right, center. Left, right, and center. Left wing, right wing, and center. So... (laughs)